Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze... Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. C103. Turning our attention to gardening, Peter Dowdell, the IrishGardener.com joins me. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Trish. How are you? I'm very well and you're very welcome to the programme. We've had a kind of few days of sunshine. I know it's been a bit wet this morning, but there's more uh, sunshine out uh, this afternoon. So it's we're, we're still keeping our fingers crossed that summer isn't gone yet. We're, we're, dare I say it, we're grasping at crumbs now, we're straws at this stage, but we're taking the sunny spells will do us now. It's hour by hour, not even day by day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. OK, let's get straight into uh, questions. I'm going to kind of put two into in together. Maria in Temple Martin was on. She left her lawn go wild mm. for the year. And because of that, now she's an amount of ants and she's wondering how to get rid of them. But then somebody else was on about ants. Maura says, uh, hi, uh, Peter, are ants harmful in the garden? Lately, every time I move a pot, I see an army of ants underneath. I wanted to transfer a sedum from a pot to the ground and when I took it out of the pot, it was riddled with ants. I could see them carrying their eggs. There was lots of tunnels made. Also, when digging, I found them in the garden and I've actually lost some plants. Angel's fishing rod, and I love that plant, uh, mallow tree, and now my fuchsia are not doing well. I would appreciate any advice. Do ants do damage in the garden? Not, not really. So I suppose dealing with the first question first, if you like, let the area go wild. Now there's ants. That's just part really of the natural balance. So 
I don't think they're doing any damage. They shouldn't really be doing any damage to the garden. So therefore, there, there isn't really a need to control them. I mean, it's 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 where they should be, I suppose. They're outside. I'd, I'd have a very different answer if they were coming inside my back door. But outside, no, I'm quite happy to, to leave them be. Uh, and the other thing, of course, is you can't control them. I mean, there's there's just too many of them. You, you won't win that battle anyway. But now should you try. Uh, they are part of the tapestry. They're part of the natural balance. They're doing their thing, which... You know, there might be you might get a fright or it might be unsightly to see when you lift a plant out of the ground or move a pot and there's literally millions of them moving with eggs and everything. But it's it's just part of the great outdoors. They're they're not in answer to the question I've the second question, I've never really seen them doing damage as such to plants. I've never really written anything off to ant damage. So no, I don't think so. The 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 mallow is a short-lived tree anyway, or a short-lived shrub anyway, unfortunately. It, it does tend to just last a few years. Now, the diorama, the angel's fishing rod, is a different question. It, it's it's a bulbous plant. It's a really stunning plant, really beautiful in flower, but uh, I would say it's possibly, it's native to South Africa, so it's possibly more uh, tied in with the very wet summer than we've had than, than ant damage. I wouldn't think it's ants. And the, the last one is the fuchsia, which, again, I mean, it could be several reasons, but uh, I, I wouldn't write it down to ant damage. Okay. No, I would leave, I'd leave them well alone. I'd leave them to their own devices. They're, they're, they're doing their thing in the garden, which is, which is necessary. OK, Mary has a citrus sunset rock rose. Uh, she describes it this year as it's got very leggy and she's wondering if she cuts it back hard, will it bud again? Oh, sorry, you, did you say citrus or cistus? Could oh, you call out the name sorry, again, I would you mind? It's, it, maybe it's cistus. Uh, with yeah. predictive text sunset pink. Yeah. yeah sunset rock rose yes yes I know it sorry yes so that's a cistus so the common name is a rock rose so the, the first I was going to answer it as if it was a rose but okay. I just didn't know the name of the variety so if it was a rose you could cut it back hard yes and it would come on fine um, but with the cistus they're a bit like the mallow that I just talked about in the last answer actually cistus can be short lived like hebes and like lavender they do tend to get woody and leggy and the best thing to do with them uh, is to keep them cup a native to Mexico, I think, in South America, and certainly more more used to the, the the Mediterranean regions and poorer soil. What happens in Ireland is they're in the best of soil, nice warm temperatures, plenty of rain. We're probably feeding them. They kind of grow out of themselves, where they get all leaf and flower, and they they keep performing. But as a result, they do get leggy and woody. So the way to prevent it happening is to kind of trim them back a few times each year. Uh, to stop it happening. But if we're at the situation where it has happened and they've got leggy and woody, like she describes, no, I'm afraid they won't tolerate, not only will they not come back brilliantly, they won't tolerate being cut back hard at all. They'll just curl up their leaves and die on you, I'm afraid. So it's a question of either live with it the way it is and give it a very gentle trim or else be brutal and, and replace it. Mm. Okay, um, Breda in Yall is looking for advice on orchids. Uh, the flowers are now gone still full of green uh, leaves but she's wondering what does she do does she cut back the stem now and do you does she continue feeding them and with what would you suggest feeding them with orchids if if you look at the stem or stems of the orchid where the flowers were so the flowers will have died off now and gone brown but if you follow it with your fingers follow that stem backwards towards the soil you will find little nodes now they're quite different to what you'd see on 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 normal well, our usual outdoor plants but little node is like the best way to describe it's like a little band-aid around the stem it's like a little swelling around the stem on, on the of the flower of the orchid so just cut it back to the node so leave the node on the stem so the top of the node is the bottom of where you cut if you know what i mean you're leaving the node on the stem and what that will do is that will promote that stem to put to to, to send forward another 
uh, flowering shoot relatively quickly within a, within a, a couple of months I'd say you'll have more flowers so if you've more than one stem do the same with all the stems just cut back to the node leave the node on the plant uh, and you'll have more flowers pretty soon I would recommend probably feeding the orchids yeah any good liquid orchid feed will do it uh, depending on which one you, you, you have or which one you get it might be once every two weeks or once every three weeks um, but do because that will help to promote more flowers as well uh, hi, uh, Peter. My roses are covered in black spot. Is it too late to spray or feed them now? Well, you're against spraying, aren't you? Well, I am. And uh, you see, even if I wasn't, it's because of you look out at the weather. I, I did write on this a couple of weeks ago in the, for the examiner because we've had so many, so much rainfall this summer in July and August. And there's a huge increase in the amount of fungal infections in the garden, as is to be expected. It's very, very damp and it's quite warm. Um and black spot is one of those fungal infections. So the reason I'm hesitating is because it's easier to prevent fungal infections like black spot in the first instance than it is to control it once you get it. And the way you could, the way you try and prevent it is with good pruning, let's say back in, in, in February, uh, to prune it back quite hard to a few outward facing branches. So the plant doesn't become too congested. So there's good air circulation through the plant and then keep it well fed. So it's nice and healthy. However, even with the best will in the world this year, you could have done all of that. And with the amount of rainfall we've had, you're still going to be fall victim to it. So the long-winded answer to, that I would give to it is no, not to spray it necessarily, but just to prune it now, cut it back hard, removing all the, the infected growth, even if that's a very hard pruning at this time of the year. It wouldn't be the normal advice for a rose. But in this instance, it's what I would do is cut back all the infected growth um, give it a good rose food. You could try giving it a drench with, with copper sulfate, a solution of copper sulfate mixed with water. Um, but that's not something you'd use willy-nilly. It's not something you'd use every week. It's kind of once a year. So if you have used it already this year, I'd say leave it now till next year and hope that the pruning back and the feeding will, will drive on some new growth in the rose. And then hopefully... Uh, we might get a couple of fine weeks during from now till the end of September, which yeah. might give you a few more flowers. And I was I was reading a long range where the forecast and they're expecting a couple of good weeks in September. And we often do get good Septembers and we talk about the Indian summer and all of that. So we're keeping our fingers crossed for that. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> Sooner the better. Uh, okay. I have a Buxus Semperverans in a pot that got waterlogged last winter and turned brown. Now, there are some green leaves returning at the base. Can it be saved or has it gone too far? It can be saved as a plant, but you you know it. It's a box ball is the, the kind of the way we would describe them, Trish, which you know, I'm sure, that the, the dark green are, you know, just pruned to a perfect ball, a oh, box yeah, wood. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know yourself, it, what I mean is, yes, it, it, the fact that there is green shoots at the bottom means that the plant is still alive, but all the stuff that went brown and is still brown will, is dead wood, so that needs to be removed. So you'll be a long time waiting for those green shoots to, to fill up again to become a nice ball. But if you have patience and you're happy to persevere with it, then yes, it will come good. But the, the, the brown growth that's there, it's not magically going to cover itself perfectly in green again. So the brown growth that is there is now dead. So prune all that off, leave the green shoots, and then just train and prune it over the next few years. Okay, Mary wants to know, when is the right time to plant garlic bulbs? Her plan is she wants them for use next summer when spraying roses with garlic spray. She wants to plant her own. Oh, very good, Hello. very good. Well, the, the the right time to do it is kind of, I suppose, from you could do them early, kind of before Christmas, November, December. If you have a polytunnel or an indoor area, you could even do it a bit earlier, like October, and you'd have them earlier than next year. 
you'd normally you'd normally start your your garlic bulb same kind of time as as your onion sets, which would be kind of late autumn, early winter, uh, or else right up to January, February. But if you if you're sowing them in January, February, of course you won't be harvesting them until August or September, which will be too late for what she wants. So I would say do it sooner rather than later. Um, ideally indoors, as I say, if you do have a tunnel or something like that, start them in, in uh, even September under under cover. If not, I'd say October, November outside, and um, then you should be harvesting them that bit earlier next year. Okay, Eileen has a potted peony rose. She's had it now for about seven years. It's in a large enough pot, but it's never flowered. I w- she's had it for several years. I would say Seven. perhaps it's not in a large enough pot. You ah. might think it's a large enough pot, but it just may not have enough nutrients in the pot to flower. So I would say if you want, if you have to keep it in that pot and you can't put it into a bigger pot or the open ground, I would say just feed it uh, quite a lot at the start of the year from kind of as soon as you see the first shoots breaking ground in that peony, which probably be February, March, uh, start feeding it with uh, something like a good quality tomato food uh, to try and promote more flowers. Um, but if possible, I would plant it out into the open ground and let it get its own nutrients. Uh, I would say that's the problem. It's just not getting enough in the pot that it's in. Maura wants to get rid of Himalayan balsam. She is taking over an area near her. Mm. <laughs> I don't have an answer for that one, I'm afraid. It's a, it's one of these invasives. That you learn to love it, if you like. It's a very attractive one. I saw it, actually, I won't say where, but I was up in a, a public garden yesterday run by the OPW, and uh, I saw it poking its head up, and it's just... and it, It's also quite... quite, uh, quite uh, what's the word? Vigorous down in Inishannon, behind the, the, that lovely walk in Inishannon, behind the playground and the pitches there. Uh, you do see quite a lot quite a lot of it on the riverbank there. Now, it's, it's an attractive plant. It's an attractive flower, but it is very, very vigorous and it is invasive. I'm afraid I don't have a magic wand for you. It's a very difficult one to eradicate. I think you're going to have to just try and control it, dig it out where you see it, where possible. Uh, you could try smothering it if it's in a particular area, which will which will kind of end up moving it. So in other words, if you cover it with, a let's say, a layer of biodegradable fabric and then cover that with soil or bark, um, well, it can, if you provided you put more than six or eight inches on top of it and it can't get through, well, then it's it moves left or right. So it moves. Oh, you can move it, if you know what I mean. Um, you won't. You won't, I don't think you're going to be able to eradicate it. They they do recommend. Um, uh, some of the companies will recommend using glyphosate and chemicals, and that's that's you a won't. personal call up to you. I won't yeah. recommend it, but um, particularly if it's near a waterway, I wouldn't use any chemical at all near it. It's it's really a question of cultural control, which is just trying to uh, control it and and as I say, smother it, which will just end up moving it. If you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. And this is something that I often wonder as well. Margaret in Dunmore wants to know: Is it okay to put? fungal infected leaves in the compost bin. Should you be very careful what you put in the compost bin? If it's your own domestic compost bin, I would say yes, you should be a bit careful because it doesn't really get hot enough to um, to, to to kill the fungal spores. Now, on saying this, what I'm talking about here is the textbook advice, Trish. I, I'm, I'm rarely that diligent myself when my own composting. I kind of tend to throw them into it. But the correct answer is no, not to. However, if you have a brown bin from the council or not from, from the council, from one of your, your bin, bin collectors, yeah. the, the, the compost bin, that will you can certainly put them into that because that does go into a commercial composting facility, which does absolutely get hot enough to, to eradicate any pathogens. So if it's your own compost bin, I would err on the side of caution and say no. If it's if it's a brown bin, I'd say absolutely you're fine. Okay. All right. We leave it there. Um, are you busy this week? 
We're busy now because we're coming into bulb season soon, so we've uh, we've a lot of pre-orders for anyone. In fact, anybody who's listening, if you have pre-ordered bulbs from us at theirishgardener.com, obviously there's still plenty of time to do so if you want. But uh, uh, speaking to the growers just today, actually, and things are going to be a bit late, so it will be realistically end of September, October before I would recommend you start planting bulbs. I know I saw them myself available in supermarkets and uh, and some of the, the the bigger garden centres even a couple of weeks ago. Still in August, it's crazy. Don't dream of planting your bulbs now because it's far too early. Just because just because the supermarkets want to sell them, nature hasn't changed. It's still September, October, November when we need to to plant them. So just a note of caution to people: don't don't be tempted to plant them early. Okay, all right. We'll talk to you next week, uh, Peter. Thank you for that. Thanks, Trish. Thanks Bye-bye. for joining us. That's Peter Dowd of theirishgardener.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.